Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks for joining me. You may have seen news stories about a man in France who claims that he has solved the Zodiac's remaining ciphers. His claims have received a lot of media attention, which seems to focus on the fact that his solutions have been rejected by the so-called online community of Zodiac discussion forums. While it's clear that the majority of online observers have rejected these solutions, some reporting seems to blame this on jealous competitors rather than the fact that there are many problems with the methods used to achieve these results. times he sent letters to the press saying solve this riddle this cryptogram you'll find out who i am i think that's part of the appeal of the ciphers in particular and the case in general is that you know, all of this information is public and so there's a citizen detective effort going on detective harvey hines says the zodiac's name is kane when i looked at that picture that was him. There is no question in my mind that my suspect is a Zodiac. Like I have always said, I am crack-proof. This is Zodiac A to Z. The Zodiac's third cipher, known as the Z-13, was sent to the San Francisco Chronicle in April 1970. The Zodiac wrote the words, My name is, followed by 13 symbols. The fourth cipher was sent to the Chronicle in June 1970, along with a portion of a Phillips 66 roadmap depicting the San Francisco Bay Area. The Zodiac wrote a message which read, the map, coupled with the code, will tell you where the bomb is set. You have until next fall to dig it up. Followed by 32 symbols, known as the Z-32. The newly proposed solution to the Z-32 reads, Labor Day, find 45.069 North, 58.719 West. These coordinates allegedly match the location of a school in South Lake Tahoe. This is said to be significant because of a suspected Zodiac message, a postcard sent to the San Francisco Chronicle in March 1971, which included a drawing of a condominium development at Incline Village in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. The sender had pasted several phrases onto the card, including the words, Sought Victim 12, Peek Through the Pines, and past Lake Tahoe areas. This postcard has been included in the list of suspected Zodiac communications. The sender had used a cut-and-paste method to form the rest of the messages with letters and words clipped from newspapers. The card included only a short handwritten portion directing the message to Chronicle reporter Paul Avery with the misspelling as Averly. This made it difficult 
for handwriting experts to determine if the card was sent by the same individual responsible for the Zodiac letters. This message has been interpreted as clues to the location of an unidentified victim. Many people believe the phrase Victim 12 was a reference to Donna Lass, a young nurse who disappeared from the Lake Tahoe area of Nevada in September 1970. Donna Lass was 25 years old and worked as a nurse at the Sahara Hotel and Casino in South Lake Tahoe. On September 6th, Donna made a final entry in her log at the casino's first aid station shortly before 2 a.m. She was subsequently reported missing. Nothing appeared to have been taken from her apartment, and her car was still parked outside. One day after Donna disappeared, an unidentified man called the casino and Donna's landlord to report that she was leaving the area because of a family emergency. Donna's family members later stated that there was no emergency. Donna Lass has never been found, and she is presumed dead. The apparent victim of foul play. Many people believe that she was abducted and killed by the Zodiac. The newly proposed solution to the Z-13 cipher read, My name is K-A-Y-R. This has been interpreted as the name K. One individual who was frequently linked to the Donna Lass case was a man named Lawrence Klein, also known as Larry K and Larry Kane. He was first identified as a potential Zodiac suspect by retired police officer Harvey Hines, who believed that Larry Kane was also responsible for the abduction and murder of Dana Lull in Nevada, as well as the failed abduction of Kathleen Johns in March 1970. Kathleen Johns claimed that she had been abducted by a man who resembled the police sketch of the Zodiac suspect. After the so-called Johns incident was reported by the media, a Zodiac letter described a similar incident but did not specifically name Johns as the victim. In May 1992, Kathleen Johns identified Larry Kane as her abductor. Skeptics questioned whether Johns may have invented her original story or may have been mistaken about her identification after so many years had passed. The writer of the Zodiac letter may have lied and falsely claimed responsibility for the Johns abduction. Some investigators doubted that Johns had actually encountered the Zodiac. The possibility exists that Johns was abducted by the Zodiac, but she was wrong in her later identification of Larry Kane. Johns may have been correct, and Kane may have been the man she encountered in 1970. When interviewed by writer McDowell in 1994, surviving Zodiac victim Brian Hartnell listened to an audio recording of Kane's voice and reportedly stated that the suspect's speech pattern was somewhat similar to that of the Zodiac. McDowell wrote that Hartnell said he would never forget the man's voice. When I talked to him in 1999, Hartnell said that he could possibly forget the man's voice and downplayed his earlier statements to McDowell. Hartnell did not identify Larry Kane's voice as the voice of the Zodiac. In 1988, 
Harvey Hines contacted San Francisco police officer Don Falk, the only surviving officer who had seen the suspect walking near a Zodiac crime scene in 1969. In his report, Hines stated that he gave a single picture of suspect Kane to Falk. Hines wrote that Falk studied the photograph for a while and said, The jowls are right. The face was rounded like that. He said after 20 years, he could not be sure. He said he had been brought hundreds of pictures to look at over the years, but this was the best one he had seen. But it had been too many years for a positive identification. Falk then classified Larry Kane as a maybe. Hines wrote that Falk said, a good maybe, that's the best I can do. Falk had described the suspect as a white male, approximately 35 to 45 years old, approximately 5 feet 10 inches tall, 180 to 200 pounds, with light-colored hair, possibly graying in the rear. While Falk did note that the hair coloring may have been distorted by lighting in the area, Kane was described as having dark hair. Falk did not identify Kane as the Zodiac. According to a report written by Harvey Hines, Linda, a sister of Zodiac victim Darlene Farron, had also identified Larry Kane as the man who had been seen stalking Darlene. The available information indicated that Linda had identified at least three different people as the same stalker. A man named William Joseph Grant, longtime Zodiac suspect Arthur Lee Allen, and Larry Kane. According to Hines, Darlene's sister Pam had also identified Larry Kane as Darlene's stalker. Hines wrote, In March of 1988, I made contact with Pam Huckabee. Pam agreed to meet at my residence to see if she could identify the suspect. When she arrived a few days later, I showed her a single picture of Kane. I had not prepared a formal legal picture lineup for her to view. I did, however, admonish her about the fact that the picture shown may or may not be a suspect, and that it was important not to identify a person unless she was certain. After looking at the picture, she told me that she was certain. Kane was the man her sister had told her she was afraid of and had seen kill someone. Pam also told me that she had already identified another man's picture that she had been shown to her by two other persons that were conducting an investigation into the Zodiac homicides. She said that both suspects looked very familiar. Hines asked Pam if she knew the name of the person she had previously identified, and she said she thought it was the man known as William Joseph Grant. There was information indicating that Pam had also identified a fourth individual as the same stalker. Blaine Blaine, also known as Goldcatcher, claimed that the Zodiac was a reporter named Richard Gajkowski. Blaine wrote a lengthy manuscript detailing his exploits as an amateur sleuth. He claimed that he had sent photographs of Gajkowski and others to Pam. Blaine wrote... The result was that Pam identified Gajkowski as the stalker. The available information indicated that Pam had identified Grant, Kane, and Gajkowski as the same stalker. 
According to some accounts, Darlene's other sister, Christine, allegedly identified former Manson family member Bruce Davis as Darlene Stalker, and or a man she claimed was arguing with Darlene on the night of her murder. Christine's identification, Linda's three identifications, and Pam's four identifications meant that Darlene's sisters had all identified six different people as the same single individual. One of those six men was Larry Kane. Decades ago, a fingerprint comparison demonstrated that Kane's fingerprints did not match any of the dozens of fingerprints in the Zodiac cases, and handwriting analysis appeared to exclude him as the author of the Zodiac letters. DNA found on a Zodiac message did not match Larry Kane. No one had presented any solid evidence linking Larry Kane to the Zodiac crimes, but he remained a popular suspect as the years passed, and his name is frequently mentioned among the list of those accused. Like many other suspects, Larry Kane had become an almost mythical figure, allegedly linked to many murders in many different theories. But the available evidence does not indicate that he was responsible for the Zodiac crimes. The newly proposed cipher solutions appear to suggest a theme Lake Tahoe, and Larry Kane. Some people may believe that these solutions are compelling, but these kinds of solutions are easy to produce given the limited text of the message. Ciphers are often solved by looking for repeated patterns, which could help identify portions of the message that represent letters or letter combinations, such as looking for doubled symbols or pairs of symbols, which could represent the doubled letter L, as in the word killing, or commonly used letter combinations such as the letters T and H in the word the. Short ciphers are more difficult to solve because there are fewer opportunities to identify these patterns. The newly proposed solutions were based on the assumption that the substitution key used to solve the Zodiac's 340 symbol cipher could also be applied to the Z13 and Z32 ciphers. The amateur codebreaker behind the new solutions claimed that he came up with the solution My Name is K-A-Y-R after an hour of work trying to solve the Z13 cipher. He wasn't the first to make such an attempt, and he wasn't the first to claim that he had found the solution, which pointed to Larry Kane. Harvey Hines also claimed that he had solved the Z13 cipher to find the name Kane, as well as information regarding Kane's age and date of birth. Now this homicide investigator in Central California claims he has broken the code. He put in three circled eights, used three eights. And perhaps that could be his, his date of birth. Three eights are 24. Perhaps he was born in 1924. 
Detective Harvey Hines of Escalon says his analysis of these cryptic symbols reveals the Zodiac's name is Cain. We also have another clue. He installed another clue in the, in the uh, cryptogram. He reads name Cain or name Cain's here, and he reading from right to left. And perhaps that would be his ethnic background. Hebrew reads from right to left. Perhaps he's Jewish. So if we take the, the zodiac for his word here, his name is Cain, K-A-N-E. His name is Cain, C-A-N-E. Born in 1924 under the sign of Taurus with a Jewish background. The newly proposed solution misspelled the name K as K-A-Y-R. Some skeptics found it difficult to believe that the Zodiac would misspell his own name in a cipher. But the claimed codebreaker says the letters K-A-Y-R indicate the name K, another name reportedly used by Larry King. The misspelled name could be an indication that the entire solution is not valid. The proposed solution to the Z32 cipher seemed even more problematic. Using the key to the 340 solution to produce letters of the alphabet, the new solution assumes that the text is an anagram, which was interpreted to read, Labor Day, find 45.069 Nort, 58.719 West. In 1970, Labor Day was on September 7th. In the context of this proposed solution, the date is said to be significant because Donna Lass had apparently disappeared from the Lake Tahoe area in Nevada on September 6th. This interpretation is based on the assumption that the Zodiac cipher sent in 1970 was referring to the last disappearance two months later in September. It's worth noting that the letter which included this cipher said that the code would help authorities find a bomb, and the writers said they had until next fall to dig it up. It's possible that the postcard was not a reference to Donna Lass, and that the Zodiac was not responsible for her disappearance, meaning the proposed solution, if valid, may have nothing to do with the last case at all. Likewise, the possibility exists that Larry Kane was not the Zodiac, and that he did not create or send the cipher which allegedly reveals his name, meaning either someone else created the cipher to frame Kane, or the cipher solution is incorrect, and the cipher does not include Kane's name. It may also be possible that the proposed solution is correct, but that those four letters are not a reference to Larry K. The two ciphers in question are very short, consisting of just 13 and 32 symbols. This means that it may be easy to find many different solutions, but it would also be nearly impossible to confirm any one solution as the only valid decryption of the ciphers. Critics noted that the proposed solutions required several steps as well as assumptions about the intended meaning of the symbols used in the cipher, which appeared to simply be a preferred interpretation, an indication that the results may have been forced to match preconceived notions about the message. 
The person who came up with these solutions believes that the results produced numbers which point to a specific location in the Lake Tahoe area, but other interpretations of the same numbers could be equally possible. The decisions regarding which numbers to extract seem rather selective, and there's no evidence that the specific location allegedly identified by this solution has any significance in the Zodiac case. I wanted to get some expert advice, so I consulted David Aranchak, the computer programmer who helped to solve the Zodiac's infamous 340 symbol cipher back in December 2020. David shared his thoughts and wrote, The difficulty with Z13 and Z32 is that they are so short that so many thousands of solutions already fit them without having to go through many steps. For example, simple substitution is sufficient to generate a huge pile of candidate solutions. Since we can't confirm that any of those thousands are correct, many people answer that question by adding a lot of coincidences or circumstantial evidence, which they think will somehow create evidence that is beyond the shadow of a doubt. But those two ciphers are already well within that shadow, long before imposing additional decryption steps that just serve to expand the reach of doubt. Dave also said, I don't think reuse of the Z340 key is a necessary condition for cracking Z13 and Z32. If it was, and using that key produced readable solutions for Z13 and Z32, then that might have been compelling. Dave added that the man proposing the new solution, quote, needed to go through three more steps to get something readable out of the Z13, if you consider K-A-Y-R readable. After applying the Z340 key to get a partial plain text, he converted letters to numbers, dropping the tens digit. Then he replaced the eight balls and the upside-down Aries symbols in the cipher with numbers. Then he calculated the gaps between the numbers, which reduced the cipher length from 13 to 12. Then he split the 12 numbers into four groups of three and interpreted them as binary numbers that point back to plain text letters, yielding the four-letter message K-A-Y-R. Episode 9 of David Aranchak's YouTube video series, Let's Crack Zodiac, examines issues regarding the Zodiac's 340 symbol cipher, including how the killer may have constructed the cipher key, which was used to produce the newly proposed solutions to the Z13 and Z32 ciphers. There are many reasons to remain skeptical regarding the validity of these newly proposed solutions. It may be easy for some people to believe that the egos of the Zodiac online community just refuse to accept that someone else solved the Zodiac ciphers. I've seen news reports with headlines like, Feuds erupt after man claims he found Zodiac killer's identity in a cipher. I'm not sure why these recent cipher claims are getting so much media attention when the proposed solutions are no more compelling than so many others presented over the years. 
one could argue that the media has been discriminating against other equally unconvincing cipher solutions by not giving them the same amount of attention. There have been so many proposed solutions posted by others making similar claims that the online community is understandably weary of anyone who declares with certainty that they have discovered the one true solution. I receive many messages from people who claim that they have solved the ciphers, but their solutions are not valid. Mike Morford of ZodiacKillerSite.com and David Aranchak of ZodiacKillerCiphers.com talked about their experiences with amateur codebreakers in a previous episode. 2007 was when I launched my website, and I think the very first email that I got was from someone who claimed to have solved the cipher. It's still the kind of email that I get all the time. Do you get a lot of that, Mike? Yeah, a lot of people. And I... I... Well, straight away, I'll just get, I'll send them to Dave. I'll, I'll be like, yeah, message Dave, because yeah. I just, poor Dave. It's it's over my head. I don't know what I'm doing. I spent two days trying to do it and I never did it again. So I, I send it to him and, and use his uh, good sense to uh, see if the person's got any uh, possible solutions. Yeah, Dave's good at weeding those out because I know absolutely nothing about ciphers. To me, it all seems like gibberish no matter what. So as soon as somebody sends me something, the first thing I do is I run to Dave and say, Dave, please explain this. I've gotten to the point where I can kind of tell right away if it's on the right track or if it's you know, bound to be uh, uh, a not great solution. And But what I'm worried about is because I'm getting so many of them that I might miss the nugget of the actual solution if somebody really did come up with it using strange methods. So... I do like to at least put them in my file anytime I get them because a lot of them do have interesting ideas that are worth trying out. And you give them a fair shake. I mean, you don't just dismiss people. You actually examine what they have. In most cases, yes. In other cases, some people are so aggressive about their solutions that, that they don't they shouldn't get the fair shake because they're not <laughs> they're not being fair in the first place and they're, yeah. they're obviously wrong. If it, if it's obvious that they're wrong, and they're being aggressive about it. They're difficult to deal with. But, you know, that's just, it just goes with it. Because people get really caught up in their solutions sometimes. And other times they're, you know, they're just trying different ideas and seeing what sticks. I've seen claims that the proposed solutions have been rejected because members of the online community do not want the case to be solved. This is a rather absurd and self-serving excuse to dismiss legitimate criticisms. It may be true that some people who are promoting their own suspects and their own cipher solutions do not want to see the case solved, because that would mean the end of their livelihood and their exploitation of this mystery. But others have good reason to question claims to have solved the ciphers, and I believe the majority of those who study and follow this story want to see the Zodiac case finally solved. The choices and assumptions about the subject matter of the cipher content indicate that the newly proposed solutions may have been forced to fit preconceived ideas about the cipher and the Zodiac's intent, which may not be correct. Given the number of steps and the interpretations required to achieve these results, it seems unlikely 
that these solutions to the Z13 and the Z32 ciphers are valid, although it may be impossible to prove that these solutions are correct or incorrect. Anyone who claims to have solved the Zodiac ciphers will undoubtedly face scrutiny and calls to demonstrate that their solutions are valid. Some of the people who contact me with their own solutions are unwilling or unable to tolerate any questions and they become hostile and defensive. And some people still refuse to accept the newly discovered solution to the Zodiac's 340 symbol cipher. Of course, they claim that their own solutions are correct. It's important to note that I don't want to discourage people from trying to solve the ciphers or reporting their proposed solutions. David Aranchak explained why we should remain open to new ideas and methods. People email me all the time and they comment on uh, different websites and they come at me on Twitter and, <laughs> and YouTube and uh, a lot of the approaches are very interesting. Some of them are I'm, like impressed by the creativity that goes into what they're trying to do to come up with the solutions. But in most cases, they're, the solutions that they're finding are problematic, mainly because of the problem I described. You, know, you have to prove that it's a unique solution, that you can't come up with other solutions using the same method. And there has to be some, some way to replicate the answer. The more solutions you can find using a method, the less valid that method is. Correct. And the main reason is because you can't prove it. So let's say you accidentally came across the killer's real method for doing it, and he did use anagramming. You still wouldn't be able to prove it because you can use the same method to produce other messages. You would have to have some other source of evidence to prove that that's what he did to make the message. I don't want to discourage people from trying out all these types of manipulations and ideas. It sounds like I am because I, I come across a lot of these kinds of solutions Sometimes they're really frustrating because the person who's promoting them, they believe 100% that they've got the right answer. It's like a student in a classroom who did the math wrong, but is convinced that they did it right. It's almost impossible to convince them otherwise. But on the other hand, people are trying out a lot of creative and interesting ideas that, that, that I've never come across before. And some of them, you, know, you never know which ones might actually lead to you know, a breakthrough. The real key is to be open-minded to the verification process because in the end, you have to be able to prove that your solution is correct for your potential solution to have wide acceptance by not only people that are marginally interested in the case, but by the authorities and where they could say, this is definitely the correct solution. It has to go through that verification process. You're not discouraging amateur codebreakers from attempting to solve these ciphers. You're just questioning whether or not they're using the proper methods or whether or not their results are valid. That's right. Yeah. And in fact, I'm impressed with some of the creativity I've seen from people who, who, who look at these codes. They, they really do think of the problem in a much different way than I could ever imagine. In some cases, they're really off track. But in other cases, their ideas are really interesting. And even though they can't be confirmed yet, Maybe they'll actually lead to something. I think that's part of the appeal of the ciphers in particular and the case in general, is that you know, all of this information is public. And so there's a kind of a citizen detective effort going on that is appealing. 
two of the Zodiac ciphers were solved by citizens. Someday, someone may finally solve the mystery of the Zodiac ciphers. To Z. Written and produced by Michael Butterfield. Zodiac voice by John Knight. Zodiac A to Z. Produced for ZodiacKillerFacts.com. Zodiac